Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, my charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I'm your host, writer and comedian, Emily Winter. And every week, I bring you a performer with a very spooky story that happened to them. Uh, if you like this podcast, please rate and review it and tell your friends and, you know, your enemies if they're into this kind of stuff and you need an excuse to patch things up, who knows. You can also support this podcast by buying my book. It's a trivia book called One Day Smarter and it's perfect for the holidays. You can also always Venmo me directly at emily-winter, again that's emily-winter, um, on Venmo. And I appreciate whatever you can give. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode and have a lovely week. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have comedian Chris Schlichting. Chris, hello, how are you? Hello, thanks for having me on. I am super excited to be a guest on your show. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you. We were just catching up a little bit before the podcast. And I, at the end of this, I want uh, you to tell everybody where they'll be able to eventually find your album that you're going to record very soon. I know. Let's not jinx it. I haven't recorded it yet. Jeez, I always I mean, get so nervous that something's going to happen. <laughs> like you're going to get hit by a truck or something? Yeah, or just going to call me in a little bit and say it fell through. We we decided to go a different route. Uh you're out in LA. You're going to experience probably a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you have the venue. You have the the people that are recording. Yeah. You have everything. It's all set up. It's all yes. it's all wonderful. I'm good to go. I'm ready. I think. <laughs> oh, it's great. And Chris, uh, you're a wonderful comedian in Iowa. Your wife Emily is wonderful. We are both parts of Chris and Emily's. Uh, yeah. And- oh my! I didn't even <laughs> think about that. Oh man. 
I was just thinking, I'm like, your name is always either easy to remember for me. Yeah. Uh, I am a little confused though, because you're not yelling at me. I'm used to Emily's <laughs> screaming at me. So <laughs> give it 20 more minutes. <laughs> I'm on good behavior for like a half hour. Okay. Um, so I'm so excited to hear your story. Does it take place in Iowa? Yes, it does. Oh my gosh. Okay. Tell me everything. Okay. I love spooky things i've always been interested but as much as i'm interested i can't really tell you something that's happened to me personally i've always mm -hmm. get these uh secondhand accounts and stuff but this one i think is more of a heartwarming story because it involves my grandpa and I, should i just begin should i just yeah, go into it yeah okay, cool. and i'm just gonna interrupt you all the time and yeah okay okay all right so uh my grandpa was just kind of your stereotypical grandpa just like uh the alpha male like the just kind of be like grandpa just kind of did it all he was kind of a renaissance man he was a farmer he was a beekeeper he was a bricklayer he just did it all he what's the, what the term he was first generation german so he okay. came here um basically had to learn the language taught himself through like reading and you know having conversations with people at like bus stops to try to teach himself how to speak English. Now, unfortunately, my great grandpa, my grandpa's dad, was not a nice man and you know abused my grandpa, kicked him out of the house. And this was like early 1900s before you had shelters. So he lived out in the woods, camped. in Germany. No, this was when he was in, in Iowa. Yeah, when he was okay. finally in the state. So What's your grandpa's name? John. John, my okay. middle name is John, named after my grandpa. Uh, okay. So yeah, he was just kind of a strong guy, just, you know, a quiet man. But when he spoke, it meant something. Um, so one thing I wanted to share with you too, this is, he was always really tough. So this was how tough he was. He was out in the, you know, he was a farmer. He was out in the field plowing. They had a combine at the time. This was, uh, I believe, early, I want to say early 60s, maybe. Mm -hmm. So he was out in the fields plowing and something went wrong and he ended up cutting off his pointer finger and his middle finger. So, Ooh. yeah. So he sliced off like kind of in the halfway across his fingers. Now, most people, you even just made the reaction. Most people would go to the hospital. I'd probably cry. Yeah. Uh, he wrapped it up. He wrapped up his fingers in a handkerchief, his severed fingers, put it in his pocket and continued to work because he didn't want to lose his job and he didn't want to complain. You know what I oh mean? Oh my so, God. So that unfortunately ended up, he ended up loop. They couldn't, you know, attach his fingers after that, but that's just kind of a depiction of how tough he was and how work <gasps> was so important to him. I know. So unfortunately my grandpa had a weakness. It was cigarettes. And I remember him always having a cigarette. In fact, this is crazy. When he was dying of lung cancer, I remember visiting him in the hospital and he was smoking a cigarette on in the hospital, you know, on the bed. That's how crazy it was back then. And that's how crazy that addiction can be. You know what I mean? What year was this? That they were allowing this? I know. I don't think he, I don't think they were allowing it. <laughs> he just did it. He was like, yeah, he just did it. Um, so I, I do remember that. It was just crazy to me. But anyway. Unfortunately, he did pass. He succumbed to the cancer, and my mom just had a hard time dealing with it, had a hard time struggling with it. She was really struggling with it, and she had this routine. She told me about this routine because at the time, I believe I was six or seven, so I'm in first grade. My older brother is, 
don't know, fourth grade or something. Mm -hmm. My mom would send us to school. She'd go in the dining room, put her head on the dining room table and just cry because she missed her dad. so. And that was a routine forever. She just didn't think she would make it. He was just, you know, the rock in that family. But she said that this is the awesome part. I just love this story. But she said that one day she was doing her routine. She sent us to school. And I do have, it's funny too, Emily, because I remember her crying a lot. Even when I was like at a young age, I remember mm-hmm. seeing my mom, you know, not fully understanding it. But she was doing her routine. She sent us to school. She put her head on the table and just cried. But she said that day she felt a hand going to her hand. And she was the only person in the house. And she could tell that it was her dad's because she could feel the fingers. <gasps> uh, yeah, she could feel the the nubs, I guess you could say. And she, so she felt the hand go into hers. And, you know, at first there was shock, of course. But then she realized who it was. And she didn't want to, like, wake up or, like, lift her head because she knew if she did, he'd probably be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she told me that she felt the hand sort of, like, leave her hand. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part about that is ever since that day, she's never, she's never mourned him. She's never cried. She's never, I know. So it was kind of like his way of telling her, Hey, I'm going to be fine. And I just, I just love that story because it's so him. And even when he did pass, my mom was up at the hospital and she, you know, staying with him, it was late. And my grandpa woke up and was like, Squeak, he called her Squeak. Squeak, what are you doing here? You have two kids to be taken care of. It's I'm gonna be fine. Go home and take care of them. So she did, and she got a call the next morning that grandpa passed. Oh so it was just another thing that grandpa did not want my right mom to be there. Yeah. So it's like this weird. You know, it's this weird, I don't know, it's like a sense of it's time. And it's just, I don't know, it just really moves me. And just to know that my grandpa, even in the afterlife, was possibly, you know, aware of everything and just wanted to be comforting to her daughter. Now, I will say this, Emily, my mom really was into the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. uh, of the hippie culture. Uh-huh. Uh, so who knows if this was an actual... Uh, <laughs> paranormal event but this but, is like now in the 80s like that would have to be some serious residual shit that yeah, true, yeah, true. <laughs> but i just i i do like there's i there's multiple stories about how when you die when it's your time to die and i like to believe this that you don't go alone like mm-hmm. somebody comes to get you and someone that you love or trusted um, will be there. You know, there's other stories of my great aunt. I remember when she passed, she said, when we went to visit her, she said, oh, my husband, you know, Michael was here to visit me last night. And we were like confused because Michael passed five years prior. Mm-hmm. And the next day she died. It's just like. It's so common. It's so wonderful. But it, yeah, it, exactly. It's, you know, and unlike I'm sure a lot of the other stories that you've heard, this is just, I feel like a comforting one and mm-hmm. nice to know that you're not alone. Um, but I can't imagine how creepy it would be if my grandpa got like the wrong house. And, 
<laughs> and you're just like, why is this person with not enough fingers touching me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, but I just think it, it's just a testimony to my grandpa. Uh, and I've always felt that, like, he's just like kind of the protector. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and my mom loves telling that story. Uh, but again, it's always, it's as much as I love this stuff, nothing's like happened to me. And as much as I wanted to, I also don't like, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to No, it's great. super scary. Well, yeah, having so. that happen to your mom, does it, I guess you've always been like a believer, but like, did that change? Did it feel more real to you? Like to know that this could happen in your family and like, I don't know, like, yeah. How, how I think it felt, it felt more comforting. Okay. Um, I think the natural reaction with supernatural stuff or ghosts is fear. I mean, it just goes hand in hand. But, you know, if you think about it, that these were people too. And I can't imagine that if you're a ghost, you're you're probably confused. You're probably scared, maybe. I don't know. Um, so that for me was really like kind of a heartwarming story. Now, I, I will be flat out honest with you, Emily. Since I've gotten older, I've kind of taken more of a skeptic approach because I think it helps me get evidence more I guess you could say Mm -hmm. because if you go into a haunted location or if you go to a haunted place and you're like you love this stuff you love ghosts you will make something happen absolutely even if it doesn't happen like I have been let down on multiple ghost tours and these other people will tell you oh I felt something and it just doesn't it feels like no you didn't like nothing happened and also when there's other people, it's like almost competitive. Who's going to feel the ghost first. And so people are just making, yeah, like, oh, yeah. there was a draft and yeah. And I'm not calling him a liar, but I am. Like, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? It's like, will you relax and let me experience it? But I don't know. It's just to know that. And it's just, you know, as my parents get older and my, my parents are just big, like mama bear, dad bear, like just protectors. And just you to see know them that. a lot. I do. And I try to a lot, especially now as I'm getting older. Um, and I just know that they're going to still be in my life in some capacity, even when they're gone. And it just may, it's just comforting to know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so this is interesting to me because you were raised Catholic as you're mm-hmm. talking about before the pod and you're a Midwestern dude. So I feel like that's like, it's all very practical and there's answers a little bit and but what do you think happens when you die? You know what? That's a great question. I used to be really into the heaven and hell concept because of, you know, how I was raised and stuff. But lately I've just been considering what if there's just nothing? Like what if what if you just what if you just become dirt? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I took a really interesting philosophy class in college and one of the questions they posed was it's irrational to fear death. Let's say if we, if we took religion out of it and there was no uh, sense of a higher power or like heaven or hell, if you die, you cease to exist. When you die, you're done. No emotion. So his point, you know, philosophy is always kind of formulaic. It's not, it's not as like fun as you might think. Sometimes. Yeah. It's like math. Yeah. It's like this, it, it, this, it, therefore uh, this. Yes, you know a lot of click comedy too can be very <laughs> mathematical. Yeah, for sure. And his thing was like, fear exists only when you're alive. And if you're dead, you have no emotions. So thus fear, it's more accurate to say it's, it's, you should, you feel the, you fear the process of dying 
not death itself. Because when you die, fear is not there. I'm just like, so, buddy, relax. <laughs> I mean, it checks out, but I, how can you reckon the idea of just becoming dirt when you have this super strong like ghost story in your family? You know, like, so what was that feeling do you, from your mom? I think I think the dirt concept, Emily, in all honesty, comes from my depression a little bit. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, what does it matter? Like, uh, and it's just, it's hard. I don't know why I become such a like a skeptic lately with with what I, how I was raised and how much I'm into this stuff. It's like, what do I want? You know what I mean? It's just kind of it's hard to explain. But and then the more you think about it, the whole concept of of a heaven is great. But then when you think about if there's a heaven, there has to be a hell, right? In theory. I don't necessarily think so. Okay. And you're not the only one that believes that, but I mean, you can't say that if there is a heaven, not everybody just makes it to heaven. Right. Well, I guess I don't really believe in heaven either, but I do believe okay. in like an afterlife, like a collective sort of energy that we like, like a source that we return to. Um, therefore everybody sort of goes back into like this, let's just call it like a ball of light. And uh, yeah. yeah. And that's a great, I, and I've heard that before about how, what is it? Energy can no, cannot be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when you die, you are energy and that energy has to go someplace. So I love it. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just as I become, and I think that's kind of why I've gotten away from the Catholic faith, just how, you know, we talked about formulaic, but just how many damn rules there are. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just insane. Can I just, have faith in my own way and i believe you can and mm -hmm. that's what because i do believe in a god i do believe in a higher power um i don't necessarily believe in an adam and an eve and like a you know the ark and all that stuff all these crazy biblical stories which some people do take literally mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so i do believe there's a higher power whatever that might be even if it's like sort of your own interpretation of, but something is out there and watching us and i there's a great comic ryan singer who has just the best line he's into all this stuff too emily and he has just the greatest simplest line about all this stuff all this stuff the supernatural cryptozoology it's more fun to believe it's more fun to believe yeah yeah that's you a can, good point you can poo poo on all this stuff you know people make fun of me because i'll pay money to go on a, see a haunted bridge or something. And I'm like, it's more fun to believe. And as someone who's also trying to, you know, trying to get sober, it keeps me out of the taverns. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when I'm on the road, when I'm on the road as a comic, the routine was I got to go find a, a local bar and just yeah. hang out there. But now it's like, and every town has it. I'll Google what's haunted in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. What's haunted and you can find it. You always got to like filter out the haunted houses. No, like the Halloween tourist right. trap stuff. Right. But you can find them. There's always folklore. There's always, and it's just intriguing. It's uh, so fun. That. Yeah, and yeah, I never thought of it like that way. It's a great thing to do at night when you're like, in, you know, instead of going to a bar. Yeah, it's, Although, it's, just, it's a I, different I, kind of spirit. <laughs> yes, oh my God, absolutely. And I have to say like, I'm so sorry for bringing this up when you're like getting sober, but like I went to a really rad bar with you in Iowa. Man, I love that bar. We think about it all the time. We talk about it all the time. We're like, 
it was like a bar i cannot remember the name of it but like they had um some some regulars died had died i mean it's an old bar i, I think maybe you and emily came maybe you just met us outside or something i don't know but like they had plaques on the bar stools for the old dudes that had died and i was like oh you're sitting in you know ned's seat and i was like whoa <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's so yeah i do remember that and that, and that was the bar i never went to we did that comedy show then we walked across the street and we just hung out there and it just felt so weird. And most likely Ned died from that very reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From sitting <laughs> like, at that bar for 30 years. Emily, yeah. if you've got a goddamn plaque on the bar, <laughs> most likely his, his alcohol, you know, had something to do with it. So it's yeah. just kind of funny to think about. But yeah, and I, it's just something that I wanted to, to do for me because it was cutting into the money and the funds a little bit. Oh and God. It's not safe to do it on the road so it just gave me an alternative something to find it's everywhere and i don't know it's just it's just like ryan says it's more fun to believe why not why not believe so as a person who's visited a lot of haunted places do you have any in in the u.s or i guess even abroad that you like super recommend well i'm pretty excited i was doing some shows uh in kansas recently and this was like on a bucket list, but there's a structure there called the Sally House. And the Sally House is considered, now again, Emily, I don't know how you rate the haunting of a place. And I always think that's kind of funny, but it's considered one of the most haunted places in uh -huh. all of the United States. They, they checked, they checked. <laughs> uh, but I got to cross that off the bucket list and I went there during the day because I'm still uh, not necessarily... I'm still scared of this stuff. So, yeah. and it was awesome because like what we talked about earlier, I don't like other people being there because they don't share my same sort of beliefs or feelings about it. So basically the, the tour consisted of me going to city hall, getting the code to go to the house and just explore on my own. That's awesome. And it was awesome. It was perfect. So just to be there knowing that this was has been on my bucket list for a while was a really cool experience and another thing i i think there's a difference between haunted places and places where people actually did die and so i always try to be super respectful just because you know i don't know if someone died especially if it's fairly recently it's just a whole other kind of vibe. And even if you're not looking for the supernatural stuff or the ghost stuff, someone did die here. Mm -hmm. And you just, it just adds a whole other kind of energy. But the Velisca house, excuse me, I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But the Sally house was incredible. I highly recommend it. It's in Atchison, Kansas. Okay. And it was just, it did have that vibe. When you walk into a house, you just feel that energy. And yeah. that's like the only kind of experience I've ever had where something's happening I, I the Velisca house in Velisca, iowa is also another one where in the early 1900s a whole family was wiped out and the murder's unsolved too they don't know who did it which adds another layer plus there were six kids involved oh my gosh legend oh. to death with an axe when i went in there too i'm like man people died in this house kids died in this house right so yeah, those are like two of my favorites the Velisca axe murder house um the sally house was great the place that I book here in Iowa is actually at a haunted location. It's called the Renwick Mansion. Oh. And it has just been incredible because it's two things that I love, like your podcast, like yeah. comedy and ghosts. And I do think we create an energy in there 
that heightens, I guess you could say, some activity. You know, we've been, we've been, I've watched comics on stage with bottle caps flying off the stool. Wait, really? Uh, yeah, shut, I'll have to send it when I do have a clip of it. Bury I'll, the lead here, buddy. Oh my God. I know, I, know, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm sorry, but people claim they see orbs during the show. Uh, we, there's like old fashioned wooden shutters behind the stage and they'll go up and down. There's no vents. Oh but my God, this is I'm, awesome. It's incredible. And it's just one of those structures that looks like it should be haunted. And my friends, Dane and Sarah, they own it. And we've been doing comedy for the last three years. And it's just such a fun location. Yeah. So uh, is it like in a ballroom or where do you throw the show? It's, it's like, a, it's think of like a narrow, like kind of a hallway between the living room and dining room. And mm -hmm. we just, it sits, it, that's the one bad thing. It only sits about 70. We pack oh. them in there, and uh, that's huge I, for for New York or LA. That's like very. Oh, big. I, I maybe, okay. <laughs> but you you look at it and you're like, "Where's the show? It's in there." And we yeah. had you know Kyle Kinane perform there, and oh, he just that. loved it because he's got a similar podcast where he talks about monsters and all these folklore stuff, and so he absolutely loved it. And it's just I don't know what is with comics. I always have this theory that comics love two things. Spooky ghost stuff and professional wrestling. It's just Dude. like, what <laughs> and I don't know why. Maybe the professional wrestling, the promos, like those guys are so good in the drama. But yeah, I I know way too much about it. I don't know much about it, but like I've heard more about professional wrestling uh doing stand-up comedy as an adult than I ever did as like a teenager. You know, yeah, like what is wrong with you people? Uh okay. <laughs> yeah there's places all over there's places in la i uh the one another one that i got to see was the stanley hotel in mm. in colorado estes park i believe that was cool that's where stephen king wrote the shining that's uh that's got some powerful energy too it's such in such a beautiful location too so i got to see that place and i guess when you go to these places emily you automatically expect oh, I'm going to get my shirt tugged or I'm going to get pushed or I'm going to hear a voice. And it doesn't always happen, but it doesn't mean it's not valid. Right. No, absolutely. I think if it was on all the time, it would just, it would seem more fake. Um, yes, but let's go back to the fact that you run a haunted comedy show. Okay. Uh, okay. Are you, are you, are you billing it as such? Or like, how does this? Yeah, we, we lean into it. Um, we actually, even after the show, we'll offer ghost tours, which are just kind of makeshift uh, facts that we've gotten. We've accumulated through, you know, the owners have done some research on it. Uh, William Renwick was a lumber baron here in Iowa. And, you know, just like a rich cat, he has, there's a tower up on the mansion and it overlooks the Mississippi river. So this guy would sit up there and smoke his cigars and watch his lumber, like come in like, Oh, oh my. my God. Yeah. And so there's been things where people have been up there and they swear, they swear they've smelt cigars and stuff like that. Um, and another thing I think it's important to, I, I'm amazed at how much I know about this without even like researching, you know what I mean? just, <laughs> yeah. just absorb it. But just because someone hasn't died at a location does not mean it's not haunted. You do not need death on a premise to, for it to be haunted. And that's, it helps, it helps build uh, that folklore. But it's, and so there's no records of anybody dying uh, at the house 
but also, you know, we got to think too, early 1900s, late 1800s, how good were records? And do you right, want like to put, do you want to put that on, you know, your property stuff? So right. it's something to consider. It was built on like the highest point of Davenport and it used to be a religious, not, I don't want to go Hollywood and say it was Indian burial ground, mm-hmm. but it was a sacred place where the Indians would pray and it was built right on top of that. So that could be creating some energy. Uh, but yeah, it's just a really That's fascinating. It's a place that I don't go. I won't go in by myself. I've never had anything happen, but I've I've gone with the owner before, and I'm just like you feel really uncomfortable, and but not like not in a bad way too. It's almost like the grandpa feel, you know. My it's just it's it's fine. Um, if there is such thing going on, you like you know you ask for permission. You just say hey, it's me or whatever. But yeah, there's a there's a good energy in that place. And I think the comedy just only adds to it. Right. Oh, I mean, I think that's another similarity between comedy and ghost stuff is just that there's an invisible energy that you, you create out of nothing. And then it's suddenly its own entity in a room and you can't explain it. It has to be the collection of a bunch of different people feeling sort of the same way for a minute. Um, for sure. Yeah. And they, that's so, what they, and they, real quick, Emily, they, uh, and so the ve- venue is used for weddings, you know, birthday parties. And the big thing that they get is ghost hunters. There's so many ghost hunting groups. They're all over. And so they were rented out to ghost hunters and they'll have it for the night. But, you know, Dan and Sarah walked that fine line because they're kind of skeptics. And for the comedy, they push the ghost stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the weddings, they're like, oh, it's not haunted. Because, I mean, obviously you don't want to be married. Uh, some people do, but you know what I mean? So they're always kind of playing both sides I guess you could say <laughs> that's so interesting that was actually what I was going to ask that's what they do with the a venue like that how mm-hmm. uh so okay so how often is this show where can people find this show and then please plug whatever else you would like to plug okay yeah and I'm you know what I hope that grandpa story it's just a cute one that I've always no, I love that I love yeah. uh, but you're, not like, you're not like shaking in your boots you know that's you're not okay. scared it is okay right it's yeah because I think people that are interested in this stuff, like really interested, like, I, I mean, it's not just about being terrified. It's about, I think it really is also answering the question for us or helping us try to find our own way of like, what happens when you die? And like, what is your, what is your imprint? What is your legacy? And like, um, so I, I love heartwarming ghost stories and also but, like as a person who doesn't see ghosts and would like to see what I would like mine to be nice you know yeah, for sure of course I'm I'm with you I'm the same boat but also <laughs> doesn't it suck that even when you're a ghost your fingers are gone like you would think you're I so know. <laughs> poor, poor grandpa I love you grandpa but uh all right so also Emily you and Chris are invited to come to the mansion at any point I'd love to have you on a show you get to uh, that's another too. that's another thing is like you know, as comics, you need a place to stay. And we offer them a place to stay at the mansion. So that's even another factor. Maybe we can talk about a summer show. Yes. I, we would love this so much. Okay. Okay. So Renwick Mansion, R-E-N-W-I-C-K Mansion, the Renwick Mansion. That's the tag for Facebook. You can see upcoming shows. Now we call the shows Tom Foolery on Tremont because it's on Tremont Street. And that's what we came up with. And I kind of that's the best. It's just too far gone. Now it's that. <laughs> Tom Fuller on Tremont. Great. Uh, so yeah, you can get information about upcoming shows, but you can find information about me. My handle is Schlick, S-C-H-L-I-C-K comedy. And you can get information about upcoming shows. Like you said, I'm going to be recording my first album. I've been doing comedy for like 16 years 
and I'm finally going to record it. It'll, I'll be recording at Jukebox Comedy Club in Peoria, and I'll have to let you know how that goes. But I'm kind of enjoying TikTok, too. So Schlick Comedy, TikTok. Amazing. I'm trying to exploit that for everything it's worth. <laughs> Good for you. But yeah, I'm just kind of doing the best I can, trying to stay relevant and just having fun. That is great. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Of course, Emily. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. Hope to see you next week. I don't know. I'll have you come back next time. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org.